welcome to the All My Favorite People podcast, where I talk with advocates, authors, and people just like you and me, who are all part of the remnant rising for such a time as this. Hey guys, it's Brittany Jones. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. With me today, I have my friend, Dr. Neil Cohen. Hey, Dr. Neil, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. It's such an honor to be here. I am amazing. It's such an amazing and beautiful day to be with you. Thank you so much, Brittany. Yes, I'm so glad we finally get to do this. Dr. Cohen and I met um, almost a year ago now at a chiropractor's conference here in Orlando. And we were, I was in the room with Freedom Keepers setting up our table. And um, Dr. Neil and I just started chatting. And what's so cool about God and the Holy Spirit is that he puts people in your path when you least expect it. And we started talking about healing and Torah and all these like freedom fighting things. And uh, man, we just connected in such a cool way that I said, I have to have him on the podcast. And so thankful that you were able to carve out some time this morning for us and um, are just excited to hear from you. So Dr. Cohen has his own coaching program. It's called Above Down Success Coaching. And um, you guys can see on the screen if you're watching um, that graphic where you can go and check out his work. But to start us off this morning, Dr. Cohen, would you please just share a little bit about yourself and maybe a little about your family? And then we'll jump into self body self-healing and chiropractics and Torah. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything today. So a little bit about myself, and I'll probably jump around a little bit, uh, but basically I am a chiropractor who loves chiropractic. I absolutely love it, and I love it because of what it really is, and a lot of people don't know what it really is, but yeah. chiropractic is something so special. Many, many years ago, uh, after getting my first adjustment, I received my first adjustment. It changed my life, and I said, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And of course, I was very young, did not know what I was getting into and realized that God was driving me toward my life purpose. And that's what chiropractic has given me. It's mm -hmm. given me an incredible ministry. I was in practice for over 28 years and I got to share with people the love that I have for them and the desire for all people to be the best expressions of themselves. Most people think chiropractic is about aches and pains, and yes, it is on some level, but it's really about people. It's about people uh, demonstrating how good God has made them to be, and that the body is self-healing, and we work with this incredible nervous system that it's responsible for every aspect of the human experience and allows us to just take life in at the highest level. And unfortunately, when there's interference to that nervous system, that's when you need me. And in today's day and age, there's a lot of interference. But getting back into my family, the reason why I got into chiropractic when I was so young, I was about, about 20 years old. My wife, who was then my girlfriend, were married 41 years as I speak. She actually was going to the chiropractor and she was having all these sort of aches and pains. And I was like, well, what is this guy really doing for you? You know, I was young and I was strong and I was going to challenge him. So I said, I want to meet him. I want to go talk to him and see what he really does. So I went into his office and he was a completely disarming and charming person. And he said to me that 
he looked at my posture and he said, I think you have a bad neck. And he sort of floored me because my neck was never 100%. And I, at that day, I had a shoulder issue. And he said, I love your girlfriend so much. I'm going to take care of you. And this was the word that I heard that I just loved at 20 years old. I'm going to take care of you for free. So I said, okay. So yeah. he took it. He showed me that my neck was out of position. He gave me my first chiropractic adjustment and my life completely changed. I basically got off of the table. And I said, where have they been keeping this stuff? This is amazing. And it was perfect because I had been to two years of college, did not know what I wanted to do. And so I was really sort of floating. I wasn't sure where I was going in life. And then I've got this tremendous experience at the chiropractor. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to go to chiropractic school. And so I give my wife, who was then my girlfriend, the credit for birthing chiropractic in our family. We have three children and uh, two of those became chiropractors. They're currently practicing. And I'm so proud of them. I'm proud of all three. But to have two out of the three become chiropractors, it really, it, it, it brings joy to my heart because um, it, it, it's leaving a legacy. And we grew up in a, um, uh, or they grew up uh, with us learning about natural healing. Because like everyone else, I grew up in the allopathic model. My wife grew up in the allopathic model. We went to chiropractors because our back hurt, because our neck hurt. And then we understood chiropractic was much deeper than that. So our children, all three of them were never vaccinated. And my first one was born in 85. So we were early adopters. We, we, were, we were the crazy ones back then. And then of course, my daughter was born in 87. And my, my, my youngest son, who's also a chiropractor, was born in 1991. So none of our children were actually vaccinated. They did not see medical doctors. We took care of them chiropractically. And so we were very much the outcasts back then. But yet we look at healthcare today and we see how important self-responsibility is when it comes to taking care of your body, the body being the temple. And yeah. God has given us this incredible uh, ability to heal. And we have to empower people with this knowledge. So that's what my two of my three kids are doing. That's what I did for 28 years. After 28 years was up, I was blessed to be uh, asked to, uh, to be the executive vice president of a chiropractic college, Sherman College in South Carolina. Uh, I did that for 10 years. That uh, recently ended the end of May uh, of 2023. And, uh, you know, I've been coaching people all along. So I decided, let me do this. Let me open up a coaching program. I love being an entrepreneur. Uh, it's just an amazing life. And so what I do is I teach chiropractors how to be more successful, not only in practice, but in life. So that's, that's what we do. That's what I do. And I am just at 65 years old. I am just so blessed. I'm blessed to have the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm blessed to have all of my children believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. My wife is a believer. And so what we do is we tell the gospel everywhere we go, but only, only use words when necessary. That's a famous quote by St. Francis of Assisi. And so we try to embody who Christ is. And we fail miserably, quite frankly, because we're sinners. But at the end of the day, that's our goal. Our goal is to glorify God and to give him all the all the honor and all the praise. So yes. that's what we do. 
Oh man, I love that. That's so good. I I love that. Uh, I love that phrase actually about sharing the gospel and speaking when necessary. Right. I um, for people who are, don't follow me on social media, my my name on there is Life Jesus Style, and really that's all about like you know, I used to work retail back in the day, just being kind to the person who's ringing up your groceries or, you know, ha- just being a light in somebody's day. Um, however you can, I, I absolutely love that and, um, subscribe to that completely. I also love what you said about your kiddos and being an early subscriber to the, uh, to the non-vax team, if you will. Um, our son, our youngest son, Bo, is on the spectrum, and um, chiropractics was actually brought up as a way that we could continue um, healing him and um, just having someone sort of look over him and make sure that, you know, things are as they should be, um, but without having to go back to like a primary care or a pediatrician. And it was actually brand new news to me. We hadn't really explored chiropractics as a family, but that was our open door, if you will, for us as a family to um, get in there and and give it a whirl. But I'm like you, I went for, you know, lower back pain and, you know, those sorts of things. But what came out of it was so much more than just feeling good, which obviously is a, a huge benefit, right? Especially when we're walking around every day, not feeling our best. Um, but there, there, there was so much more to it than that. And I think part of it too is what you're talking about, which is this totally different way of viewing health, viewing medicine, viewing our bodies, um, in that the way that God created us, uh, we can heal ourselves, our bodies can heal themselves. And so we see this in science, right? Like science proves this. Um, And yet, for some reason, the medical community still is on the pill pushing and the symptoms and not really getting to like root cause of things. Um, What have you found in your years of being a chiropractor? Um, Some of maybe epiphanies that people have had or just some different things that you've seen um, where people kind of get that mindset shift because really that's what it's all about. Right. And you, you said that very well. And and I I will, I will jump on that because that's a great question. What happens is when we're raised, uh, when we grow up in a regular family that uses medical doctors, and listen, most of us have been born into a medical doctor's hands. That's the way birth is done in Western civilization. We know in other cultures, it's not. And so we, we have this thing called education within this country and science within this country. And I'm not downplaying education and science. And believe me, I'm not downplaying medicine, but it's caused a a paradigm of people to rely on the profession for their health. And so what's happened is the shift has been taken away from the natural reliance on God's intelligence, God's omniscience, God's power to to create us and to heal us. And now we put our stock in education and in man. And that's really the big mistake. And and it's not always a mistake because sometimes we need medical help. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if you break your leg, don't run to the chiropractor. If you have some horrible disease, 
and it can be treated medically. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But what happens is, is that people have this, what I call an outside-in mentality. We grow up with an outside-in mentality. We look to the outside for our healing. We look to CVS. We look to Walgreens. We look to the doctor. And yet, we never look where healing really comes from, which is inside out. So I And that's why I, 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 I have above down, because that's, that's really where things start. Um, God, it says in Psalm uh, 103.3, not only does he uh, not only does he save us from our iniquity, but he heals all of our diseases. Christ is the great physician. He is the healer. These are his names. And so what's happened is along the way, we've lost that. We've lost that. And we've come to rely on not something archaic like what the Bible says, which is not archaic at all. It's actually current important, didactic, and instructive every day of our life. It's sufficient, it's authoritative, it's inerrant, it's infallible, but we've forgotten all that, and now we rely on something else. And so we've sort of lost focus, and we've gone to the outside-in mentality. So the epiphanies that people have, and I was very big into educating, I believe the adjustment is important, but understanding why you get adjusted is even more important than the adjustment itself. And so I I insisted, very kindly insisted, that all new patients came to what I called my, my, my doctor's report. And I did it usually in a group report. All the new patients would come in and sit down on the first Monday or Wednesday that they started. And I would share with them for about 30 minutes, uh, not only the science uh, of, of, of how the body works, but how chiropractic um, is important for that. And what happens is um, we're still living in an outside-in society. So people, when they heard these things, they would be like, oh my gosh, the first question is, how come nobody ever told me this? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you thought that when, yeah. when it was suggested that Bo you know, get checked by a chiropractor. And it's like, and, and so we have this sort of giant versus pygmy sort of mentality. Medicine is the giant. Chiropractors are the little pygmy. Chiropractors, you know, they, they, they're good if you're in a car accident. And unfortunately, that's not really the case. I mean, you know, we can help people in all those situations. But I have seen with my own eyes, I've seen lives change. I've seen marriages get better as a result of people getting under chiropractic care. You say to yourself, well, how is that? Well, the reason is this, is that when there's nerve interference, when the brain can't connect to the body in the way that it was designed, then you're going to have an expression that is less than normal. And sometimes that comes out in, a, in an emotional manner. And you're just a mean person. You could be a mean person who needs to be adjusted. Um, I had a patient come in one time and he was the nastiest person I ever met in my life. He, 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 we took x-rays of his spine. He proceeded to tell me that I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was ripping him off because he came in with a neck pain and I wanted pictures of his back because I wanted to see his entire spine. I, I'm, I'm, this guy is in his 70s. Hmm. So he, this is a Saturday morning. He, I made him leave my office because I only saw patients till 12. I was busy as heck. 
and I needed time to see his films. Well, that's when he got mad. He said, you're not going to, you, you took the x-rays, you took my money, and now you're not going to do anything. I said, well, number one, I don't do guesswork, so you're going to come back on Monday. I looked at his x-rays right after all the patients left, and I found a medical problem. This guy literally, and I didn't know it, I knew it was a medical problem because in chiropractic school, we get incredibly good diagnostic training. And I saw that he had an abdominal aortic aneurysm, and it was huge. I mean, the biggest one I'd ever seen. And he had spurs on his lower back, which if I would have pushed on his back, I could it could have been a disaster. So I called him up, and this was a nasty man. I didn't want to call him. I called him up. But you know what? His his innate intelligence knew something was wrong because yeah. the first words he said, what's the matter? And I said, sir, I want you to come back into the office. I'm going to wait for you. I want you to pick up these films. I want you to take them to your medical doctor immediately. Well, what's wrong? I said, I see something suspicious because as a chiropractor, I'm not allowed to diagnose a medical condition. I'm not a medical doctor and it's not within my scope of practice. And I did not want to share with him that diagnosis, even though I knew what it was, I said, pick up the x-rays. Well, a couple of weeks later, he came back into the office. He was a completely different human being. He couldn't stop hugging me. He couldn't stop kissing me. He said, you are the reason that I can hug my grandchildren. He goes, do you know that you saved my life? They told me when I got to the doctor that I literally had just a few days to live. I said, you know, it, it's it, this is this is what chiropractic is about. Chiropractic is about changing lives. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus was here, he was about transformation. He was about the gospel transforms us. When you understand and agree to the truthfulness of what Christ did, what his what the cross work, what the finished work of Christ accomplished, and God gives you that gift of faith to believe that by grace, because we don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. He gives it to us as a gift. We start to transform. And if we read the Bible, we transform even more. And if we get discipled, we transform even more. And it literally changes us. So his transaction transforms us. And chiropractic is not just a transaction. Yes, I'm sure when you go to the chiropractor, it costs you a little bit of money, but it's about transformation. It's about Bo living his best life, given his circumstances. It's about everyone living their best life, given their circumstances. And that's what it means to be healing from above, down, and inside out. And to know that you have this God power within you, that you don't have to rely on toxic drugs. You don't have to rely on things that are accepted standards. Um, you can rely on the power of God who knew you in the womb, who created every cell in your body, who, who knows the DNA and how it's wound within you. So that's what I, I believe. I believe it, that the message of chiropractic is transforming and that people, people need to get under that care like they're under dental care. Listen, if I was to say to you, did you brush your teeth this morning? I'm sure the answer would be yes for everyone who's listening. But you ask them, why did you do it? Well, because I want to make sure that I have a healthy mouth, that I don't have bad breath, that I don't need uh, my a cav I don't get cavities drilled. Well, chiropractic's the same thing. You go because it's good for you. 
Yeah. You don't go because you have to have something. It's good for you. And if you understand anything about what I said today, just know that chiropractic is good for you and you should go and get checked. And maybe when you get checked, they won't need to do anything, which is the greatest news a chiropractor can actually give you is that you're clear. You're working at 100%. Your nervous system is great. Your brain's talking to your body. Go for it. I'll see you next time. That's awesome. I love that. Man, so good. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit because you do such an amazing job of kind of bringing chiropractics and God together. Um, I'd love for you to share, if you don't mind, a little bit of your own backstory and how you came to know Jesus because you are Jewish, right? Yeah. Um, in your upbringing. <laughs> and yet here you are talking about the Holy Spirit and Jesus and all this good stuff. And so I love that part of your story, if you wouldn't mind sharing that. I would love to share that. And uh, it, it would be an absolute honor. And the first thing I'll start off by saying is Jesus is Jewish too. So yeah, that's true. really, really, really <laughs> cool. And 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 most of the uh, the New Testament was written by Jews as well. Paul was a Jew. Matthew was a Jew. You know, it's just, it, it's a wonderful thing. So um, yeah. Um, so my story goes back probably to when I got my first chiropractic adjustment. My wife was saved when she was a child. She was saved, but she was, but she grew up in a very Jewish household and she wasn't taught biblically. So she didn't know how to express her love for Christ. So she would tell her grandfather, who was a rabbi, that she loved Jesus. And he would say, don't tell me that. Stop that. But she would say that as a child. She was saved very early on. So she's got shut down with her faith in a, in a, in a very strong way. But we know uh, uh, the gift is irrevocable. So there's no way, even if it's shut down, you can lose it. So once you're saved, you're always saved. And so she meets me. We're very young. Her mother always wanted her to marry somebody successful. They knew I was going to chiropractic college. We fell in love and uh, we got married. And while we were married, early on in our uh, relationship, we were I was up at chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw on the back of her bumper, a bumper, it had a bumper sticker. And I'm a car guy. I don't like bumper stickers. But it said Yeshua. Now, this is like 1984. And I'm like, Yeshua? What does that mean? And so I said to her, what does that mean? And she says, well, I have something to tell you. It says, that's Jesus. That's his Hebrew name. And, you know, I love Jesus. And I'm like, like, we're already married. Like, I'm like, I got, you know, I'm, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, who are you? You already said yes. You're already in. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? We were engaged for three years. Like, who are you? And so I'm like, okay, all right, take the bumper sticker off. So that, that was my response. So I was this hard-headed, stiff-necked, you know, didn't know what to think of it, and uh, got through chiropractic college, and she never pushed anything on me or anything like that. And uh, when I got through chiropractic college, we had, uh, we had our first child naturally. It was uh, with a midwife and, of course, no vaccine. So we're growing up. And she was very supportive of my life. And we were married for several years. We had had three children. And I have to say this, I was unsaved. I was doing well in life. I was a very proud person because of where I was at with my practice, with my money, with everything else. And I wasn't super happy 
with my whole marriage. And marriage is a very, very tough thing. Um, and I was young and uh, I used to be pretty cute, good looking. And, and, you know, and so I ventured into an area that to this day was the actual reason why where, where God started to work on my heart. And I went into what I call the dark side the dark side of life where I was just just feeding the flesh with whatever I wanted to do, whether it was drinking, dancing, or anything else, and meeting uh, women or whatever it was. And my wife, um, and, and I literally left the marriage. I said, we're done. I, I like this way better. I want to get a divorce. And um, she said something to me that I'll never forget. She goes, I'm not going to divorce you. And I said, get over it. Why? And she's like, well, you're my husband and God hates divorce and we're one flesh and I'm going to wait for you to return. And I thought she was out of her mind. And lo and behold, I was taking care of a woman at the time who was a very strong believer. And she ran a ministries called Rejoice Ministries. Her name was Charlene Steinkamp. And some people out there may have heard of Charlene. Charlene was married to her husband, Bob. They lived across the street from my office. Bob was not a patient. He was not a chiropractic believer, um, but Charlene was. And Charlene <clears throat> was divorced from Bob and remarried to Bob. And her ministry was to work with the people that had been left in the marriage. So she was literally my patient. She was working with my wife, praying for me to come home for several months, up and through a year. And God was tugging on my heartstrings. And I came home. I came home. And I, I came home because I always loved my wife. I never stopped loving her. I just was being a big baby and wanted to live this crazy, what I thought was a, a man life. Yeah. And when I came home, it was very different because I'd been away from the house for a year. I had my own place, doing my own thing. So the, the chair that was my chair really wasn't my chair anymore. It was a real assimilation back. And I was back in that relationship, which was, it was better. I have to say it was a little better and was more appreciative of her, but I still was not fully what God was making me to be. So about six years went by. I went to a chiropractic seminar. Uh, it's two days before September 11, 2001. It's actually September 9th. It's a, uh, it's a Sunday. And I'm talking to a very good friend of mine who's an excellent chiropractor. And we were talking about God and he had been saved about a year and he was telling me this. And I had a lot of patients give me the gospel, tell me about Jesus, how much Jesus loved me. And I'd be like, I'm good. I'm a Jew. I'm good. I'm a Jew. And, and, and this conversation was different. He started talking about Abraham and how Abraham uh, was told by God and he was so uh, uh, he was, he was, his faith was so strong that he had waited for this son to be born uh, at an old age. 
And God told him, I want you to sacrifice him. And Abraham, in obedience, took his son Isaac and laid him down and was going to sacrifice him. And right before he was going to plunge a, a, a knife into, into Abraham, the angel came and said, don't do it. And at that moment, God provided a ram caught in the thicket for Abraham to then sacrifice. And I said, yeah, I'm very familiar with that story. I went to five years of Hebrew school. I understand the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so what's it all about? You know, I'm talking like this to him, like, okay, big deal. Yeah, I get it. Because remember, I had a reprobate mind at that moment. I did not have a gift of faith. I could not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. I couldn't see it because I had blinders on my eyes. And it says in the scripture, even when Moses is read today, there's they're blinded. I was blinded. But he said something where the veil was lifted. Mm. And he said, isn't it interesting how Abraham was going to sacrifice his only son? And then years later, God sent his only son to be sacrificed as the perfect sacrifice. And I looked at him and I said, wow, I never thought of that. Now, I intellectually knew Jesus was on the cross. I intellectually knew that people believed him as a savior. But at that moment, and this is where God is supernatural. When you become justified by faith, when the gavel in heaven goes down and he says, you are mine. That's what happened at that moment. And it wasn't a feeling. Yeah. It was just a belief change. It was an illumination of my mind because now I have the gift of faith. The gift of faith is an instrument that allows you to see the object of your faith. The object of your faith is Jesus Christ. So I could not see Jesus Christ as the object of my faith until that moment when the gift of faith was delivered to me. And it was the most wonderful thing that ever happened in my life because it it was it was transformational in the sense where nothing in my life that was before that moment was going to be the same after that moment. Yeah. And I became a, uh, a, a, a bold, a bold person for Jesus Christ after that moment. And I came home and my wife couldn't believe it. I mean, she couldn't believe it in a good way. She believed yeah. it, but it was amazing. Um, my mother-in-law um, was also uh, saved as a result of getting the gospel on her deathbed. Uh, interesting story there. I'll tell you real quick because I know I'm hijacking this entire podcast. You're great. But, but, but here's the thing. My mother-in-law, who I had... <laughs> I, you know, at that moment when you become a when you become a believer, you want everybody to be saved. You just tell everybody, you just like give me give me a box to stand on in Walmart, or you know, you just yeah. want to do that. And, and so I'm telling all my patients, and they're leaving left and right. They're going, I, I think we need a new chiropractor, and I'm like, that's fine. Let me shake your hand. It's been nice knowing you. You know, I was just crazy. So I went over and talked to my mother-in-law one day, and I said, you know, I started to explain to her about Jesus and everything else, and she said. 
no, she says, no, I, 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 I said, you know, I want you to go to heaven. She goes, well, I'm going to heaven. I said, well, why do you think you're going to heaven? Mm-hmm. She goes, because I'm a nice old lady. I said, listen, a lot of nice old ladies don't get to heaven because they don't know Jesus. And I kind of left there all dejected, like, like I failed. Because at that point, I didn't understand this was God's work. It was, I thought it was my work. You know, it's the Holy Spirit's work, but I thought it was my work. So I left there super dejected. Well, a couple of months later, uh, she was getting ready to die. Mm-hmm. And we went to the hospital to visit her. And I, I didn't know she was going to die within a day. And I said, we got to give her the gospel again. We got to give her the gospel. But I'm not qualified. Now I'm realizing that I'm, 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 I don't even know what I'm doing. So I call up my friend who's discipling me. And he, he's, a, he's an airline pilot. And he was flying. And then I called up another guy who I knew was been a Christian. He was a neighbor, had been a Christian for years and just loved the fact that I had gotten saved because he knew me when I was unsaved. He couldn't come. He was a police officer and he couldn't come. So I guess it was up to me. Hmm. So I started explaining the gospel to her again. And I told her how Jesus was going to usher his people into the kingdom. And I explained, you know, and she and I said to her and she just looked at me and I said, so let me ask you, are you one of his people? And she said, yes. Mm. And, oh, I, I have tears in my eyes right now because it was it reminded me of the of that person on the cross. Yeah. You know, you had two on the cross next to Jesus, one that didn't believe and one that did believe. It reminded me of that. She believed that the very and she died the next day. Mm. And so it was it was just the most amazing thing that that God can do if you just allow God to be God and you allow man to be man. And, and, and so, you know, my story is this, that I was able to make my chiropractic, once, once I understood and I got a little bit more mature in the faith, I was able to make my practice, my ministry and pray for people. And that's where the, the whole idea of above down success coaching came from. It's based on uh, biblical principles how chiropractors and really how anyone can achieve success <clears throat> using God's words, how, how we establish ourselves with the word of God, because the word of God is sufficient for all things. And it's funny, I hear a lot of people talk about karma, you know, which kind of gives me a little creepy feeling in my stomach yeah. because karma is not, it, it, it's biblical. It's, but it, the word is in karma. It's called reaping and sowing. Yeah. You know, God talks about reaping and so it was God's idea. And now man ripped it off and said it's karma. So let's get back to what God says. You know, it's really interesting to me. We have divine viewpoint. We have human viewpoint. I'm not interested in human viewpoint as much as I'm interested in God's viewpoint. So everything has to go back to the scripture and we can deduce um, truth from the scripture. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to meditate on that word night and day. And what's happened is Satan has done a tremendous job of getting us distracted, of saying to us, has God indeed said, he said it in the garden. He's continuing to say that because when I tell people about the Bible, they say, well, how do you know it's true? Has God indeed said? And then they'll say, well, there's a lot of translations. And then, you know, man wrote it. You know, you hear all these nonsensical things which from the educated perspective makes sense. But at the end of the day, you look at Israel today and all that's going on in Israel, 
And I'm going to tell you right now, because of prophecy, Israel will be preserved. It will be preserved. It has to be preserved because God cannot lie. And Israel will be preserved. So whatever's going on there today, that's going to happen. We mm. know that. We have a window into the mind of God if we read the scripture. And so that's kind of where I'm at today. I want people to not only get healthy, get clear, but get in, get into the word and understand that that word is that that word is the bread of life. And, you know, it says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm, so good. Thank you for sharing that. I so appreciate it. I, you know, what made me uh, come to mind while you were talking is uh, this past uh, Easter season, I um, decided I was going to learn about the Haggadah and kind of get into that and understand that a little bit better. And as I was learning about it, it was from a Jewish man. And so very much from a Jewish perspective, I could see the correlation between the bread with the, I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you any of the correct terms. I'm so sorry, but the bread with the like scoring marks in it and how that represents, you know, to a Jewish person, they don't, they don't see it, but it represents Jesus. Right. And the lashes that he um, sustained and things like that. And so it's so cool for me to hear you say from a perspective of, you know, you grew up Jewish, you, you had those traditions, maybe you had the, the knowledge, um, but there was that disconnect between, you know, what you had been taught and what the New Testament and what the Bible says. And so I love that you kind of pointed that out. I, I was, um, it was really kind of exciting for me to hear that the whole, um, Passover meal and all of that being explained. And then, you know, as a Christian, I can see kind of like that next step, right? That next level, which Jewish people aren't seeing. Um, but to me, it was so obvious. I'm like, oh, that's John the Baptist and that's Jesus. And like, I could see how, how that story is played out in Christianity. Um, just a little side note, anything that you'd like to add to that? Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> that you were exposed to that because I think that's a uh, that's a void in today's Christian world. I think sure. you know a lot of a lot of churches only read out of the New Testament, which is unfortunate. Yeah. You know, New Testament is wonderful, but the Old Testament is the shadow yes. of what's to come. The New Testament reveals the shadow, yes. and God very rarely lifts the curtain of truth quickly it's it's the curtain goes up very very slowly and you have to, that's why it says seek the kingdom you have to seek seek these things out and so i am just just blown away that you've been exposed to that we actually did the uh uh the whole passover service for our christian church several years ago and i got to tell you they're, they were all astonished like you must have been because yeah. we spoke of not only the 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 stripes that are on the matzah but yeah. also the holes that are in the matzah which could represent you know the spear and the you know the 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 uh the the um uh the the holes that are in his wrist yeah. uh, Christ's wrist you yeah. know there, and then of course you had the uh, what's what's called the afikomen uh which is the three pieces of matzah which could represent father son and spirit yeah. you hide those it yeah. is so much there's so much 
And, and when you open up the Old Testament, you start to realize, oh, my gosh. And this this and this will shock a lot of your viewers that are just basically fundamental Orthodox Christians. But I'm going to tell you something. And I, I, I this was a book that was written years ago. And I, I, I love the title of this book. And it's called Christianity is Jewish. That was the title of the book. And if you look at, I mean, Christ, that's why I said, start up, Christ is Jewish. Yeah. You know, Christ, he's the ultimate, you know, to, you know, to be Christ-like is mm -hmm. what, a, what it means to be a Christian. That's why I say I'm a believer, because I don't even pretend to be Christ-like. Um, I think that, you know, uh, it's very important to understand the Jewishness behind Christianity and to understand that the prophets were aware of the gospel. They looked ahead to it. We looked behind at it, yeah. but it, they didn't have to see the gospel or, or meet Christ to know that Christ was the Savior. You know, Mary, when she held the her baby, Jesus in her arms, she she called him his his, his her savior. Yeah. Now, for Mary to call her baby her savior, she had to know she was a sinner. That was number one. And then she had to know, of course, she knew uh, the Holy Spirit was the one that that caused her to have this child. It wasn't her husband Joseph. There's so many things about this, and her name wasn't Mary. It was Miriam. You know, you know, one of the things that I, I just want to share, because you brought up something very good, words. Let's talk about words for just yeah. a minute here. Satan has done this incredible job of emptying out the biblical meaning of words and filling them with satanic definitions. 100%. And we can have a conversation with someone, but their definition of faith may be different than the biblical definition of faith. And so... Words are important. Let me tell you why they're important. Because God spoke the world into existence. He used words. Yeah. God gives us words in the scripture. God will take out this world with the breath of his mouth. That means words. Mm -hmm. And words are very, very important. And this is why discipleship is so important. You know, I tell people, if you read the Bible in English... And, and many of the versions are very interpretive. Uh, even the NIV is quite interpretive, although that's definitely on the better side. But you have the Message Bible and the World Bible and all these different Bibles. And, 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 and at some level, there's some good things in them. But yeah. at the end of the day, they're super interpretive. So, And, and this is going to make sense. You don't want somebody telling you how to think about something. You want to read it for what it really is, and let the Holy Spirit illuminate you to what that means. Yeah. Or have somebody who has more knowledge tell you what that means. I'm going to give you an example. There's a word, there's a, um, in English, we have three tenses for a verb, past, present, and future. In the Greek, the ancient Greek language, which is what the Old Testament was primarily written in, was ancient Greek, Koine Greek, they called it, was the lingua franca. It was the, it was the uh, language of the world. Now English is the language of the world, but back then it was Greek. Um, in the Greek verb, you have what's called seven tenses, seven. Now, God particularly used the Greek language because of its profoundness to understand things. And so I want to teach you folks something out there today. 
there's something called the perfect tense in Greek. The perfect tense. It means a past completed action with present and continuing results forever and ever and ever. That is amazing. Now, there are certain words in the Bible that are written in the perfect tense. You are justified freely. You're born again. When Jesus said to Telestai, it is finished, all in the perfect tense. Hmm. When you think about that and you understand that your justification is a past completed action with present continuing results forever and ever, can never be taken away. When you realize that you've been born again, past completed action, present continuing results, never be taken away. And that Jesus' work, his finished work is the same thing that gives you peace. Yeah, that gives you peace, and you don't have to run up to the altar every week and say, "Oh my God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me." You've been forgiven, yes. and yet it says in First John, it says if we're if if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word "forgive" is in the the tense that is the continuous tense. Wow. We're constantly being forgiven. Yeah. We have to be forgiven because we're constantly sinning, even if it's in our mind. Yeah. So when we look at the Greek language, Koine Greek, oh. and we look at the, the Hebrew language, same thing. The Hebrew language is the same way. So God chose the two greatest languages to give us the scripture in, written by the Holy Spirit, penned by men, but written by the Holy Spirit. And to me, that is the most supernatural thing in the world that God has kept that Bible just the way it is, but getting back to Satan and words. Yeah. That's his attack. Change the translation. Tell him it means this. And that's where we get all the denominations. That's where we get all the confusion. And that's where we get all the Christians fighting the Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... And I'm going to tell you something. The, 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 the demons are laughing at that because they know, they know the truth. They just can't believe the truth. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, causes dissension and, and lack of unity, which, you know, obviously one of the reasons God came or Jesus came and died for our sins was to create this unity right between us, Jew, Gentile, you know, all of that. And so uh, that's really cool. I thank you for sharing that. I learned something new today. I love learning new things. So <laughs> uh, I love that. And also, I love, I love talking to you. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, it's so good. Uh, the other thing too was like, you know, I found myself and this is probably five or six years ago now, but I found myself having grown up in a Christian church, Christian home, hearing all the verses, knowing all the stories still feeling very disconnected to the Old mm. Testament and mm. not really understanding like the why behind what I believed um, and really went through a season of making my faith my own um, and not just relying on a pastor or a parent or somebody to tell me what the Bible said. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where I did my deep dive into Torah and actually went through um, and, and listened to commentary and, and really tried to learn. And it, it, to, for me, and I think for most people who are willing to do that, um, there's something about that that uh, 
creates a foundation and a kind of like you said, peace, right? But there's like a, there's a knowing, right? There's like a, there's not a questioning anymore. You're not, you're not flipping and flopping from one Christian idea to the next. There's, there's substance there that grounds us, I think, as Christians. And I think so few Christians that I even know have taken the time to do that. And and yet that's where so much of my, um, I don't know, I just keep the word foundation. Like that's, that's, that's where I was able to stop wondering, am I saved? That Like there was a confidence, I guess, is really that came with understanding where the birth of our religion, for lack of a better term, came from. Um, but I'm like you, I, I don't really call myself a Christian. I mean, I will because it's easy for people to understand, but there's an element of, um, I just want to, I want to portray to people who Jesus was. To me, that's more important than agreeing on some legalistic or, um, you know, denominational thing. Um, I did grow up Baptist. And so some of the things that I've learned over the years were hard to unlearn. Um, but I also see, you know, God gives us this grace as we learn more. Um, he does take us to these deeper levels and a deeper understanding of things. And if you are attuned to the Holy Spirit in your life, um, there's some supernatural things that have just popped in my brain that you know, it says he'll, he'll, he'll tell us those things that we do not know, right? If we, if we ask him for wisdom, if we seek those things. And I've had the, the honor truly of um, being given some of those really neat concepts and ideas and thoughts just because I'm, um, I try to live in tune with what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me, you know, every single day. Yeah, you you said so much there, and I think there's a real um, we've lost the desire for scholarship mm. in true biblical teaching, and and part of the reason is the confusion, the actual Tower of Babel that takes place among the denominations. So people chalk it up to the big F. The big F is faith. Mm. Say, oh, I just believe, you know, I you know don't I don't I don't want to you know I'm not sure where you know people don't go to church. And, 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 you know, it's interesting to me, I got saved in 2001. And when I got saved, people still brought their Bibles to church. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, obviously technology has changed a lot of that. And I, I don't like the fact that people don't bring their Bibles to church. I really yeah. don't, you know, I, I, I want to be a good Berean and I don't, you know, I, I, you know, the pastor is, is yes, the Holy Spirit's mouthpiece. I completely understand that. But I want to check the scripture daily to see if what that pastor says is true, because he's, he's still a pastor yeah. and he's still a man. And yeah. if he claims to be anything more than that, well, I'm out of there. And, and that's the end of that story. But at the end of the day, we have to really, really be students of the word. And listen, I'm going to just give you a, a great secret that I believe. And, you know, I, I don't know that this is going to happen, but I really think very, very strongly that when we die and we look the Savior in the eyes and see his beauty, the first thing that we're going to do once we get settled in that heavenly realm is we're going to be studying scripture. Mm. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to be more than what we have in these 66 love letters that we currently have. It's going to be God's exhaustive mind. 
we only have we don't have his exhaustive mind now. We just have what he wants us to know. But there's going to be much, much more. As Paul says, when he went to heaven, he 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 heard things that he can't even talk about, you know. So that's what I know is going to happen. So you might as well get ready for that and start studying now because <laughs> you're, because that's what's going to happen. No, there's not a test. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can't fail it. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, man. Okay, Neil, this has been fantastic. What else do we want to say before we call it uh, call it a day today? Anything that you want to share about your coaching or chiropractic or Jesus, any of that. I'm we're open. Well, I yeah, I just want to make myself available. My website uh, is above down success coaching.com. Uh, there's my personal phone number is on that. And um, if you have any questions about anything that I said, please feel free to call me. You can set up a time for a discovery call. If you want to grow in leadership, if you want financial health, if you want to grow in business, personally uh, develop, professionally develop, if you want to understand about relationships, what it's like to be in a restored marriage. I know people are hurting out there in their marriages. Uh, I can point you in the right direction. I may not be the one to help you, but we'll certainly hook you up. Uh, you want to learn about communication. You want to learn about just natural health. This is where my heart is, and I, I'm offering that. To, to the folks that are listening, if they'd like to do that, I'm happy to help in any way possible. And uh, I just want everyone to know that they are, uh, they are important in the eyes of God. Their worth is from God. It's not from Facebook. It's not from social media. It's not from the amount of likes that they get. Um, it's not from any person. God thought enough of you that he knew you before the foundation of the world. And if you're one of his, even better. So don't look for things outside in. Look for things from above down and inside out. I love everybody. Thank you, Brittany, for this incredible honor to be on such a wonderful podcast. I love your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Neil. I loved having you. And we'll have to do this again. We could have talked another hour, no problem. So um, yes, thank you guys so much for listening. I so appreciate each and every one of you. If you would do me a favor, it helps me out so much if you would subscribe to this channel or leave me a comment or a review. I, I would just love that so much. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Have a great day. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.